everybody, it's He Yang. Roundtable is thrilled to launch the UniTalk Challenge: Rising Stars of Roundtable. If you like the show and enjoy our discussions, why not take the stage yourself? Calling all university students, both undergraduates and postgrads, to engage in an English discussion on a topic that ignites your passion. Record your discussion, which consists more than one person, and send it to us at ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. You could be the next rising star of Roundtable. An incredible opportunity awaits, so seize the moment. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable. I'm Niu Honglin, sitting in for He Yang, joined by Fei Fei and Yu Shen. Coming up on the second half of the show, in an era where even your digital footprint might impact your career, the question of where employment background checks should begin and end is more relevant than ever. Today on Roundtable, we embark on a journey through the complexities of the practice. And a social media chat group, "Don't Know How to Reply," has recently garnered the attention of many. Lots of young people believe they lack the ability to navigate complex social situations. Now they have found a way to cultivate this special skill. Take some exercises posted online. If you'd like to find us, just search for Roundtable China on your favorite podcast platforms. Now on Roundtable. In the contemporary job market, an increasing number of companies are adopting the practice of conducting background checks as a prelude to their recruitment process. Imagine this: you've applied for a job, and as you await this crucial callback, someone is delving into your past, from your education to previous job experiences, and to your social media profiles. This procedure is designed to verify the authenticity of information provided by job appliances and reduce employment-related risks. But where do the boundaries of employment background checks lie? First things first. Exactly what is an employment background check, and when do we start doing this? Well, I think it's very straightforward. Is basically the potential employer of you or a certain person that they want to get to know more about you, and they start to check on. Your history, mostly about your criminal history, about your employment history, your educational background, and many others would go as far as checking your medical records or、uh, some other records that related to your personal life. And before we judge, you know what kind of、uh, information <laughs> is necessary that considered appropriate for employment background checks. But it is done. I think for both sides have their own reasons. For example, for the employers, the reason they start these background checks is, of course, because you know people can lie in their resume. Do they really do that? Well, everybody, I think, lies a little bit. Ah, polish their res- your resume、yes. a little bit. <laughs> and somebody may go as far as putting in something they've never done before, 
as part of their resume or eliminate certain experiences that they think <laughs> won't help with their job hunting process. And then I think for us in China, it started when big international corporations start to enter the Chinese markets, and it starts in industries like the internet or in medicine that big companies want to check. The resume you handed in and the information you gave us during the interviews are correct, and can really match compatible with what we're looking for in a potential worker. But for the employee, I think, of course, you're feeling a little sometimes a little offended at some level because these people are checking on you. So you want to know what kind of information they are really checking on you. What, how far of the my past you want to look at? And I think that's why right now a lot of laws are stipulating that the employees actually need to sign a sort of agreement or approval before the employer conduct the the background checks. I have to ask: Have you lied in your res- resumes? I don't think I lied, <laughs> but about the hard facts about of something like where I've been working or what kind of jobs that I have done. Of course, I wrote everything real. But about the you know kind of personalities or characteristics, <laughs> you are just so ambitious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you you like to finish everything. In time, something like that. You don't have any procrastination. That's no. not true. <laughs> and that, the HR might know, <laughs> right? And、um, that kind of thing is more like making your resume brighter.、Mm-hmm. I would say、um, because both of us, I mean, the employee and the employers know that there is something fake in that paragraph. So in that part, I think everybody will polish their. Personal information.、Mm, so I think in an ideal world, maybe the HR should and should only take a look at the criminal history,、um, employment history. Maybe you can even call the previous employer of this applicant, and also educational background for sure, and professional licenses and certificates for sure. But social media. Do you think social media is a must? Give in the circumstances. Should they check information that job appliances posted?、Uh, let's make it publicly in their social media. Well, it's such a great area. I mean, I think it makes sense for the employers that want to check on the social media platforms, especially checking on the public. You know, the things you put out out there. Yeah,、really、it's out there、day. for everyone to read. Right and. But then again, it's also from an employee's perspective. It's really my own、um, space. I'm not really sure if that's related to my future job or current job. How will you judge me because of something I posted three years ago? I'm not. Trying to be the president of the United States? Why are you judging me by that, right? Yeah, I can change first of all, and also maybe I post something out of a really bad mood of a certain day that I forgot the next day, and I never deleted it, and that becomes permanent on my record, and <laughs> that's that's just a little creepy to think about.、Uh. So I think may sometimes. We need to draw a line really here about when is the appropriate time to say stop. That kind of old record cannot be considered anymore.、Mm. So aside from the gray area, do we have some serious maybe legal problems even when it comes to employment background checks? 
Yeah, first of all, I think companies have the right to acquire information related to employees' labor contracts and the performance of their duties,、mm. including basic information, knowledge, and skills, educational background, professional qualifications, work experience. However, it is also advisable for companies to refrain from asking or coercing employees to truthfully. Report matters or personal information that are unrelated to the labor contract or the you know performance of labor relations, such as the willingness of getting married or your religion, something like that.、Mm, and I do have an example about when the employers going a little too far is that、uh, a person called Li Shu in da- the city of Dalian, when she or he applied for a job of sales manager at a big Company and the company, of course, did a little background checks on her, and then they found out she's done a surgery called gastrectomy, meaning she cut her stomach a bit smaller than before, and then using that as the reason to refuse to hire her, really. And then so Li Shu filed sort of sued that company because she said the reason for her to do that surgery is because she was obese and that obesity was genetic. And that's like the essential, the the must thing she need to do if you want to stay healthy, and it has nothing to do with the current job she want to apply, which is a sales manager.、Mm-hmm. And of course, the company loses that lawsuit and ended up also leaking her personal information about this particular surgery. I think that's when checking on the medical records are going. Further, a little too far for the company to making that final decision of whether to hire that person or not.、Mm, but I think here in China there is a relatively specific situation because some companies would provide employees with a canteen so people are eating together. So they would sometimes require employee or future employees to provide their medical at least body checkups to make sure that they. Do not have any kind of disease that's transmissive in the means of eating together with other employees. Right. I think that is probably okay, but there is definitely a very specific law. Article stipulating what kind of medical, let's say, situations can a company or a possible employer check. So medical records is stipulated specifically in law, but there are other things that are not, let's say, that clearly stated in law, including certain kind of discrimination or certain kind of information that you hold against a job appliance. Well, that also changes as time and the society changes as well as in the old days. I think it's、um, legal and also acceptable for employers to check on your marital status or even your plans for your personal life. To... Oh, especially for female. Yes, exactly. But now I think it's it's illegal, first of all, and also not getting more and more unacceptable. Among anyone in the society, for the employers to check whether you want to get married or if, whether you are married or not, or whether you plan to spend your、uh, maternal leaves on、uh, on this job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's really inappropriate at the moment, and also illegal to ask those questions.、Mm. And also, I think the laws also stipulates that for the employees, you、mm. need to be honest. 
don't lie、uh, about <laughs> certain things in your resume and in your interviews. But I think we can polish a little <laughs> bit about our past. All right. Also, I was wondering, what's the international practices when it comes to you know strike a balance between proper background checks and protecting employees' privacy, especially you know in the digital age.、Hmm. According to the laws. That are enforced by the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission in the U.S. Any time that a company is using an applicant's or employee's background information to make an employment decision, regardless of how you got the information, you must comply with federal laws that protect applicants and employees from discrimination. That is the point. That includes discrimination based on race, color, national origin, sex, or religion. Disability, genetic information, including your family, medical history, and age, which is forty or older, and these are all the things that is listed on this law. And that actually reminded me of the movie called Front of the Class, directed by Peter Werner, which tells a story about this main character Brad with Tourette's syndrome. Which will make him uncontrollable odd noises at random. I'm not sure that if you guys watched this movie before, and this protagonist with no ability to control them from a very young age, and but despite being challenged by this syndrome, defies all odds to become a gifted teacher. And there was a scene that he got rejected by many schools because of his condition, but many principals, I think. They were still kind enough to say that, according to the law, they are not allowed to ask about his disability.、Mm-hmm. Well, and、um, again, in this digital age, it's kind of hard for us as a job appliance to. Um, quote unquote, protect our privacy in the sense that to close our social media accounts. I don't think we are there yet. We should do that. So, what are some suggestions you have for job seekers out there? What should you do when it comes to making sure that when the HR is checking your background, you first of all do not get discriminated, but also give them proper information. Well, I think first of all, you need to be mindful about the things you signed your name on, because most of the cases now,、uh, the companies who want to do a background check on you will ask you to sign an approval or an agreement to allow them to check your information. But the need to list the kind of information they are they will check, and I think for any job seekers, you need to read through the list. And tell them which ones is okay, which ones are not. Even though you may risk losing this opportunity, I know some companies will start to say no from here. But I think it's a fight that worth fighting. That you are telling them where your boundaries is from the very beginning. And also in the first place, the、um, employees should. Provide truthful and valid information. I think because that is also a factor that will influence,、uh, you know, the interview result. I think, of course, they are going to do the background information check anyway. And if they have seen any information that is not complying to your resume, I think that would absolutely affect the result. And also, we can see according to the civil code if an employee. Provides false information or data that substantially impacts the hiring process 
and the execution of the labor contract, the labor contract should be considered invalid. Mm. And in that way, everything that you did is meaningless. Yeah, no matter how confident you are, unless you definitely have already passed the test, do not say you have already passed it in your resume. Don't do that. And any shout out to the possible HRs listening to our show, doing the background checks right now, anything we want them to know, no, no, that's not something you should do to your uh, job appliance. Mm, legitimate process is absolutely needed, just like what Fefe was saying. Uh, before conducting a background check, it's important to obtain the candidate's authorization for the background check and also use lawful and compliant channels and methods to perform these pre-employment background checks on the candidate. And additionally, the results of the candidate's background check should be kept confidential, of course, and relevant information should not be disclosed to others without the candidate's consent. Mm, that is very good information. And I think at the end of the day, you're choosing who you're going to work with at the in the company. It's not the power is mutual. It's not only in the hands of the HR or in the hands of the job appliance. So make sure you make good decisions. And maybe when the HR is doing a background check on you, you can do some background check on the companies yourself as well. You're listening to Roundtable. Coming up next, let me introduce to you the Xin Yanzi Shi, essentially the emotional intelligence test, where serious issues can be discussed in a playful way. The dialogue scene covers almost everything from professional and school life, emotional communication between lovers, and social interactions between strangers. This is what young people nowadays are doing. They are trying to improve their emotional intelligence through the means of social media groups. Stay tuned to find out more. Looking for passion? How about fiery debate? Want to hear about current events in China from different perspectives? Then tune in to Roundtable, where East meets West, and understanding is the goal. It's the hour of Roundtable with myself, Niu Honglin, Fei Fei, and Yu Shen. Have you ever found yourself at a loss for words in a social situation, unsure of how to respond to a compliment, criticism, or a tricky question? You are not alone. Today on Roundtable, we delve into the world of emotional intelligence, or xinyanzi, hard to hold, literally, and how it's becoming a notable skill for today's young adults in China. From managing family gatherings to navigating the often complicated situation of dating, we'll explore how emotional intelligence can help us authentically communicate in diverse situations. First things first, what exactly is xinyanzi? Hmm. This term xinyans can be equated with uh, emotional intelligence in mm -hmm. some way. Uh, young people's enthusiasm for learning high emotional intelligence communication or gaining xinyans has never diminished and it has just simply taken on a different form. And if we think of xinyan as something tangible, then I think the amount of xinyan or the <laughs> level of your emotional intelligence can be considered as one of the standards for measuring a person's character. Mm. Um, in Chinese, when you say someone has no xinyan, which means meo xinyan, it means that they are very sincere or honest. But if like you an say, open book. Yes. But if you say someone 
缺心眼 which means they are lacking of this. So they、uh, should have some of it, but they don't have any. It's not a compliment anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Then it implies that maybe a bit they are a bit naive、mm. or not savvy enough in the ways of the world, or they're just a little bit dumb.、Mm. That I think that is why、uh, the Douban group. Douban is a Chinese social media platform. The group don't know how to reply. Group has now two hundred and seventy thousand members. People post questions in the group asking, "How should I reply in this specific situation? What should I say?" Or some of them just feel like they want to reflect on a previous argument or a previous conversation that they didn't come up with the best line, and they want to. Make sure they got enough help about that. What What do you think it says about young people nowadays in China? Do they care more about other people's opinion? Do they care how they appear in these social situations? I always say they're really lucky, at least,、huh. because I remember when I was in.、Um, I'm reading this survey about in 2020 that here in China. People aged between eighteen and twenty-four are experiencing the most, the highest level of social anxiety, meaning they feel anxious. Sometimes they don't know how to communicate or socialize with other peers or other age groups in the society. And then I think about when I was in my eighteens and in my twenties. I think every one of us has experienced a certain level of social anxiety about not knowing how to reply to certain lines in daily conversations, or how to smartly trick the other part of the conversation、mm. and not violate this,、uh, not offend them. Don't make、uh, a scene, but be witty. Yes, but then the sources we have is just people around us, our friends. Or I remembered we used to call at a late night show at a local radio station、oh. and posing the questions to the host, and then the host will give us would give us some answers Aww, which we are not really、days. sure if they are good answers or not. <laughs> But now、uh, apparently there are platforms out there for young people to communicate, and I checked the list of you know the possible answers you can give for certain questions. Some of them are not really. I would say polite. <laughs> They're really、Too、harsh. Straightforward. They're really harsh, but maybe that's also the goal you want to achieve here.、Hmm. So you shouldn't. You're young. I was wondering. <laughs> first of all, have you noticed these groups?、Uh, have you read any of the posts? Oh yes, of course. And I think that's kind of funny. And I would say that is also teaching you to be brave. I would say because. The reason why that you are unsure about how to reply these kind of questions is because you don't want to offend them, or you don't want to, kind of, you would like to keep that relationship with the another party, right? That's why you would like to find a way that is both polite but also hold your ground, right? And I think that is also echoing the、uh, discussion that we had previously, right? People nowadays just would like to seek others' advice <laughs>、yes. online, and they are trying to getting kind of same idea from this platform, which is why that is this platform or this group is becoming very popular. And also, what are some common questions we can see in these kind of groups? For example, you、uh, you don't know how to reject your friend, and he is inviting you to their weddings.、Mm. 
or just you just simply don't know how to respond appropriately to your important ones. For example, your partner or your teachers or your supervisors or relatives, because these are the ones maybe you cannot. I would say some 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 of them are respected ones, right? And some of them are the ones that you don't want to mess with them. <laughs> For example, your date, right?、Mm. You would like to give the perfect answer whenever they are asking you some kind of tricky questions. So that is why people are asking、uh, these kind of questions online. Do we have some good answers here? Can we apply these answers to our daily lives? Because I. I think there are different styles of replying.、Uh, there are those who are being very sincere if they're offended, or if they're criticized, or if they're simply、uh, complimented. They'll just say thank you very much, and、um, I think you look really nice as well. I love your lipstick color as well. So gracefully accept the compliment. And there is also the one who's you know. Kinda, you know, making a scene, which can be a little bit funny.、Mm. If someone criticizes you in a sense, saying, "Wow, you look horrible today. Why don't you dress up for the work? Are we not important enough?" I don't think that is a real life scenario, but I think it's a kind of mentality. You would reply in different ways.、Uh, some people would attack the other party in the conversation straightforwardly. Some would say you have vegetable on your teeth. I think that is a specific style. <laughs> I don't know why it's happening. I don't know how, but apparently, if someone say something malicious、uh, about you, you can just attack back. What are some other fun replies you've seen in this group? What I had、um, the、uh, impressed me the most is really a question about: Do you want to take the subway together after work?、Uh. And you sort of don't want to take subway together, but you don't want to say no. I don't want to take the subway together with you. <laughs> Um, then you can come up with different excuses. For example, I, I have another appointment, and so I can't, or、um, something I have to work overtime, or I'm going to a different place today, so I'm not taking that same old subway lines. So it's like the common ones that I think most of people will start to develop as they communicate more. Actually, after reading some of the posts, I feel that instead of、um, genuinely want to seek answers about impossible social situations or how to reply in these situations, some young people are simply in the mindset that they want to win the oral fight. It's kind of like after an argument, you may reflect and think, "Ah, I should have responded this way, perhaps by giving a more assertive or effective response. I would have won the fight." Do you think that's kind of another very important mentality behind the popularity of such group? I think it does. For example, I read、um, this、uh, question under the category of relatives. When some <laughs> relatives is asking you to have babies,、mm. and you can reply with,、um, uh, "It's very expensive to have babies right now, and I'm a little tight on my hands. Do you mind borrowing me some?" <laughs> that is a good answer. <laughs> I would borrow that answer next time. <laughs> But then again, it's not really. I think.、Uh, It depends on the kind of relatives you are talking to. Yes, the ones you really despise on, of course, is a perfect answer. But if you are talking to a respected and relative that you want to keep contact with and who actually care about you,、yes. they're not meaning 
bad. And anyway, I think for these kind of groups, definitely you can find some answers you can use in real life, and also you can have a good laugh with some of other posts. Nevertheless, that brings us to the end of today's roundtable. Thanks, Fei Fei and Yu Shun. It's been a pleasure having you at our table. Until next time, keep the conversations going and the ideas flowing. I'm Niu Honglin. Bye.